We talk a lot on this podcast about independent artists developing their careers and turning music into a full-time gig instead of just a hobby. One aspect that we don't discuss enough is the financial side of things. I'm not an expert in that department, but here's a guy who is. Trevor Fisher of Way to Wealth Management is a local certified financial planner who can help you start planning your financial independence. Although Trevor was recommended to me by some local musicians and past guests on the show, he can also help young people plan for their financial future, help those close to retirement map out their next steps, get young families on the road to success, and more. Call Trevor at 204-471-3011 or email him at trevor at way2wealth.ca to get your finances on the right track today. All mutual funds provided through Fundex Investments Incorporated. Hey, this is Steve-O from Clipwing and In Two Months, and I want to invite you down to the Beer Boutique at 910 Region Avenue. We're your premier destination for all malted beverages in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Pride ourselves in providing a unique experience for each person who walks through our doors. So whether it's local, craft, succulent cider, or seasonal refreshments, we carry the brands you seek as well as those you've yet to discover. Come see us soon at 910 Region Avenue. That's the Beer Boutique. See you on the other side. This episode of the podcast is a phone interview with local singer-songwriter Brandon Post. Brandon recently released an EP on vinyl called Good Intentions and the Big Smoke. So we talk about that record, we talk about his roots in the Winnipeg music scene, which are fairly recent. He's originally from the U.S. and has lived in Winnipeg for the past decade or so. And we also talk about trying to define his music and what the genre Americana means and how that fits in with other styles of music, like folk, like roots, and a lot more. This episode was recorded after a few other ones I have in the bag, but the reason it's coming out now is because if you're listening to this podcast on the day it comes out, which is Wednesday, December 11th, you can go on Facebook Live and watch a full concert by Brandon and his full band via The Village Idiots and Live at the Roslyn. So check this out first, then watch the show, and I hope you enjoy. You're listening to Garbage Show, one of its first podcast network. Welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm on this uh, futuristic phone video device here. <laughs> I'm doing an interview again. Uh, it's very convenient, actually, that we can do this, because this is something that is sort of new as far as my ability with technology. Um, I had tried doing phone conversations over the years, and it was usually just putting a, a mic up to a speakerphone, which really, <laughs> really never sounded that good. But this is, uh, with this new recorder, it, it makes it a lot easier. So uh, I'm glad I, we can have this conversation. Um, good. I think just to kind of frame this, uh, the first time I sort of was introduced to your music was actually the same day I met you, weirdly. I got a message okay. from you <laughs> talking about yeah. your new record, and then a couple hours later, you were in my, my work, like my day job, uh, yeah, yeah. performing with Aaron Starr. So that was Correct. that was really sort of a weird uh, coincidence. But after, after that, I kind of looked a bit deeper into what you were doing and listened to more of your stuff, and I don't... 
you know, when, when, when I saw you with Aaron, I thought, oh, this is a country guy. But you're not, that, that's not really how your music, I think, would be defined. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's country influences there, but you got lots of other stuff going on with blues and rock and, and folk and everything else there. So do you want to maybe just define as best you can what it is you do and we can go from there? Yeah, if I'm if I'm pressed for an answer, I usually say roots rock or Americana. Right. Because, uh, I mean, in my opinion, uh, like genre is kind of less important than it has been. Um, but I have influences of, like, I grew up playing blues and rock and roll guitar, and then I studied jazz, and I have a uh, place, there's a place in my heart for the folky singer-songwriter-y stuff. Yeah. So it kind of all comes together in, in all different types of North American styles. So there's country in there too. Um, but nothing like, nothing really heavy in one way. So I try to say roots rock or Americana. I, I don't even know what Americana means, you know? <laughs> no, I know what you mean. It's, it's one of those genres that it, it does describe something, but what it describes is kind of so like wide umbrella vague that, yeah, yeah there's a lot that can fit in there, but I, I, it makes sense from what I've heard of your stuff. I mean that, that I think that would apply. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if it's better to go really strongly in one sort of genre direction. But then I'm listening to just the stuff that I like and other people like and asking questions about what they're listening to and thinking, you know, I really don't think it's like maybe it was important at a certain time to pigeonhole yourself or maybe that's more relevant in the pop world where you're like, right. no, I need to be all pop. Um, but I just don't think that's quite as important in my world and my contemporaries' worlds. No, that's cool. Um, just, I guess, for my own I like to categorize everything so I can file it away in my head a little bit. Like what artists would you say are the biggest influences on you? Just for a frame of reference for, for where you're coming from. Oof, um, like, no word of a lie. The brothers Landreth, let it lie record changed my life. Okay. Um, in, and I'll let, that's a strong phrase. So I'll, I'll quantify a little bit. It changed the trajectory of music for me because for the first time I heard all of my favorite things, about music and I, I love a w wide variety of genres in the same record. So Let It Lie had the rock thing, it had the guitar thing, it had the singery songwriter thing, and it introduced me to some country things that I hadn't been open to before. Okay. Um, I do love some underground hip hop and um, some select metal and stuff, but in terms of genres that I actually seek out, that Let It Lie record really kind of hit it home for me. Okay. Um, so I would say in the last 10 years, probably, you know, Joey and Dave and just the Winnipeg music scene has really fueled a fire for me. And you're not originally from here, right? No, I'm originally from Colorado. I uh, I met a Canadian girl uh, when my family and I were living overseas and we we ended up here. Okay. So how, how much involvement, I mean, how much did you know about the Winnipeg music scene before coming here? Because I think that we everyone who's kind of deeply embedded in the scene here has this outsized idea of how important we are, you know, on the world stage or whatever. And uh, yeah. I think that it, a lot of it's just kind of within this tight circle. Everyone sort of gives a lot of credit, but then you hear stories about people in other cities or other, other countries knowing of some of these bands that it's yeah. surprising almost. Right. Yeah. I didn't know much about it, but I was also pretty young. Like I, I hadn't really delved into any one scene okay. either. So I couldn't say, that I knew much about the scenes where I was from or where I'd been living. But I started, I moved here and then realized just how vibrant and um, kind of familial uh, Winnipeg can be. It just really seems like people here, and I've been here for almost 10 years. So yeah. It seems like they want to see each other succeed. And I just love that. And then I think Winnipeg music scene in the advent of 
uh, social media is like more important than it ever has been and more influential than it ever has been. Um, just, just because of the availability of all this stuff, right? Like you can share it yeah. with everyone and hear it with a click of a button. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some artists that are just getting major, major views and plays and stuff that are like straight out of Winnipeg. And it's like the location really doesn't matter. The music is incredible. Um, and they like, in my opinion, they like, I almost, I don't really want to say this, but happen to be from Winnipeg, you know, I would introduce somebody to the music first and then say, by the way, this is like, these are people that I bump shoulder. Yeah. 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 Which is kind of cool, right? It's cool that even the people who are the most successful out of the city, they know the people who are up and coming and they, everyone's sort of still in that community, no matter how big someone's star gets, right? Yeah. We were in, uh, we lived in Toronto for two years, 2016 to 2018. Um, and I loved it. It was super fun, but uh, there, it's so big and so yeah. saturated um, that it's like it's like 12 Winnipegs, but nobody really knows each other that well. So one of the biggest reasons I moved back was it's easy to get to know influential people quickly. Sure. Here, yeah. Where, where do you... Um, have you found kind of a, a place where you fit musically? I, again, I don't want to dwell on the genre thing, but within yeah. Winnipeg's... I mean, Winnipeg's music scene is pretty wide-ranging and diverse, but there are definitely pockets uh, of, you know, certain artists play at certain venues or with each other frequently, and there's little sub-scenes of the larger scene. Like, do you feel like over the past 10 years of being here, you sort of found, like, a home for yourself within the larger music community? Hmm. I definitely feel at home. I don't know if I could pin it down to a certain community necessarily. Um, And I love that Manitoba music um, kind of breaks those barriers for people too. If you're, if you're involved in stuff, they're doing it. It's very fluid. Like hip hop knows roots and roots know country and country knows rock and roll and rock and roll knows metal. And it's just, I don't know. So the answer is no. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Do you think that like the fact that you're, genre whatever you want to call it americana is a little bit more um it's a little bit more fluid like it's not you because you're not stuck in one corner you have the ability to kind of move between the different circles within the the local scene like you could play with a country artist or you could play with a rock band or you could be on the yeah. same bill as a, a folk singer or whatever right I, I yeah and i love that that it is fluid um yes i would agree with what you said uh and that's what i'm doing like i'm playing for aaron star and um uh for a couple other country bands and doing my own thing and teaching lessons and going to shows and cool um yeah very fluid
You just put out a record, right? I did on October fourth. Okay. So what can you tell me about the album? I know it, it's an EP. It came out of vinyl, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it's called "Good Intentions in the Big Smoke." Um, I wrote thirty, a little over thirty songs when I was in Toronto for those two years, and I kind of wanted to pay homage to the two years there because all the songs were written there. They're all recorded, produced, engineered here. Okay. Um, but in during that time because we moved out there and i was new to that scene like i didn't really have anywhere to play and i didn't really know anybody so i just wrote like crazy because i said i don't know how long we're going to be here but i want to take this time as kind of a hiatus from playing and it didn't end up being hiatus. (laughs) yeah shows but wrote 30 songs and i wanted the title good intentions in the big smoke to kind of pay homage to that um it's six songs long um like i said oh it's uh recorded and engineered by alan penner of timberline recording studio okay um which is in steinbach and all good friends of mine playing on there but um i have made friends with some very very talented people is what i'll say sure well <laughs> that's not, again one of the good things about the scene here right is that because everyone's so involved with what each other are doing that you can yeah you can kind of pick from the best of the best to work with yeah yeah, exactly. One of the things that I thought was cool, I mean, the fact that it's on vinyl is is a big deal. I mean, a lot of the bands I have on the show and have had on for years have kind of always said, "Yeah, I wish I could put something out on vinyl," but there's just all the red tape and and the cost and everything else. Like, how how did you manage that for for the CP? Uh, I bit the bullet. Like, yeah. just transparently, I put out the overhead, and I haven't made it back yet. And I'm planning to make it back shortly, and I, like that's not usually a risk I would take. Um, but I just don't want to sell CDs anymore and I don't want to put money into that. Okay. 
Um, I want people to walk away from a concert feeling like they've bought into and had the, like, um, have some permanent way to enjoy the show. Um, and vinyl is just so tactile. It's so it is. Yeah. physical and then the pictures are so big and the photography that, um, I got done for this record is just phenomenal. And I, I kind of wanted to, um, make it bigger, you know, just make, make the music experience in 2019, 2020 feel like you really came home with something. Right. Uh, so I bit the bullet and no, it's not a good profit margin and <laughs> less expensive. Um, so it's a gamble on my part. I'm learning the merch um, world and what works and what doesn't, what I should be spending money on and what I shouldn't. So maybe in a couple of years, I'll say probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Or maybe I'll say best thing I would, I would do it again, but. Right. And either way, right. Even if you decide that you shouldn't have done it, you, you still have this physical document of that time and those songs. Yeah. So that, that, that's a cool thing to have. Oh, the other thing is I only got a hundred printed. Okay. okay. Um, so that's, that's a reasonable amount. Yeah. 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 Cool. It's still expensive. Um, and the more units you get printed, the less it is per unit. Yeah. But I was even talking, um, with some other people who just got their records done through Sony and they they described their profit margins and it wasn't much different that makes sense yeah so with those 30 songs that you wrote yeah uh, you have the six on the record obviously are those songs still part of your set like are you still using those songs or are they kind of consigned to that era for you and now you're doing different stuff that's a very good question most i have a couple in there that are from that time mostly i i wrote those 30 songs boiled it down to the best what I thought were the best 10. And okay. then I started bouncing it off of people. I know our singer songwriters, producers, tr like people that I know and trust. And, and then we kind of boiled it down to the, what I thought were the best four. And then two others snuck back on there. So, okay. um, in my, yeah, I think they'll probably be consigned to that era, but I don't know. I don't know what's coming. And maybe one song will really stick out again and jump in my mind and I'll go, Oh no, this one goes on the next thing. Sure. But sure. I guess how how do you how do you make that selection then to pare that down from thirty to ten and then and then even lower like what I guess what are you listening for when you're listening back to all these songs you have that kind of makes it stand out and makes it seem like this is this should be a part of the release this is something that people are going to want to hear yeah um, so I this is this song I need to find a different way to say it but the phrase I kind of have in my head is songs worth singing okay um so that's a topic consideration what am i singing about and is it worth writing it there's so much music in the world is this actually something worth like sort of pouring your heart out about sure, uh, sure. second thing would be like the hook is it is the melody is the chorus or the, what what hooks are in there and is it re a really strong hook um and then i test them live like i'll go uh with a trio or something and just play them in a, in a few different contexts and see what works and what doesn't and what sticks with me and what doesn't um okay. So that's how I boiled it down to what I thought were the best 10. And then at that point, that, that I think good art is collaborative. So that's when I started bouncing it off people and saying, hey, what do you think of these songs? What are the strongest? What's your least favorite? What what do you hear that's not happening? Yeah. What's happening that you like? What's happening that you don't like? That kind of thing. Okay. Some days I feel like a pointless man Too little to do, not enough time on 
So I guess I'll admit I'm the impatient kind Won't labor seven years just to wake up to the wrong bride I'm a candle burnt low, I'm a vision gone cold Oh, no, ain't no You, you play them with a trio you play them in different contexts do you have some songs that work better if you play them you know if it's just you with a guitar versus playing them with a larger group like or are they all sort of mutable that way where you can you can take it and play it in a different uh i guess arrangement right yeah um mostly i write for a band okay i i really love um how man i'm just pouring my ideals all over this podcast <laughs> that's all right it's good um i love that music has so many good I'm here okay <laughs> I love that music has so many purposes but I think one of the chief purposes is to create community um, and if you look around a concert that you've put on and it's created uh, a wide variety of groups of people have come together and that's reflected in the band yeah um, that's like my favorite thing that's if, if I've done that with a concert then I've won okay um, so I like to write for a band because I want to bring communities of people together. That said, I really do like to break up the set with some Simon and Garfunkel type, just acoustic and voice or 
uh, we put on an EP release concert at Le Garage um, in the middle of November. It was so fun. The, it was just packed. We had Lux band, uh, Lindsey Thompson, open. Um, but I looked around the room, and there was like five or six pockets of people that I knew, and then Lindsey had brought her people that I totally didn't have any contacts with. Yeah. Then I looked at the band, and we got Manitoba music members. We got um, – it, it. it's just really – it was a win for me. Okay. Because uh, I saw all of these communities coming together. That, that's a cool way to look at it, too. I think uh, – I'm not sure if that's a unique way to look at it or not, but I find that most people I know that I've talked to who are writing songs, you know, uh, in any kind of folk-related idiom, and then they're often writing it just strictly as a solo thing and not writing it for a band, and it almost seems like they have to, like, transcribe it into a band form afterwards, and it totally changes the, the tone and the meaning of the song. So it's interesting that you write it with the band in mind. Yeah, I really do. That's what really gets me excited about writing songs is how it, how do I, oh, I, I'm hearing parts and I'm thinking, oh, I, and then sometimes, man, I didn't finish a single sentence there. <laughs> I'm really excited to see how it will manifest itself in the band context. Okay. Um, but then I also like to just hire good people and see what they do with it. Sure. Um, and that's often, like I said, I, I think good art is collaborative and like I 98% of the time it's like oh that's the, a better idea than I had and than I would have had so right. just well, open up to be their creativity and I guess too if, if you've got a song that you've been you've been working with for, for months maybe at a time you, you're not going to think of new ideas because you're so so embedded in it so immersed in it that uh, yeah. it's going to make it someone with fresh ears can think of something right off the top that, that you might not necessarily have even considered because you're you're so in there right you're, you're so exactly uh, yeah and for me, that most often happens with drum grooves. Um, I'm not a drummer. I mean, I have a very strong sense of rhythm that I've both cultivated and, I don't know, on some level grown up with. Um, but whenever a drummer, I give a drummer a song of mine, I try not to prescribe things because okay. I want to I hear what groove they put to it. And sometimes, like, the one will be in a totally different spot than I thought it was. I, I just love that process because most of the time it just grooves so much harder if you um give them the reins to it yeah does that do you have to do you ever have to rewrite things based on that like does something ever happen where it completely changes sort of what you had thought of the song and then you want to go then in that direction absolutely and um man just music philosophies left and right here <laughs> I, if you are singing in about something that you believe is important to sing about um, one of the first ways you get somebody to care about the lyrics is just a good groove. Sure. Something that like moves their head and draws them in. And all of a sudden they're, Oh, they're listening to the lyrics. Um, but, and not as like a, not as like a cheap tactic, but I don't know. I think most songs should probably groove pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. They should. Yeah. And, and then, and if you don't move somebody physically, it's hard to get them to care about the lyrics. So yeah, try to hit that. It's a good. It's a good point. Now that you have the record out, what what is sort of the plan next? I mean, I know obviously you want to sell the records, like you said, yeah. <laughs> but like you know, are, are you are you planning on doing any tours or anything else, sort of to build off the momentum now of having that released? Yeah, I would like to get on the road sooner rather than later, but for now we're planning spring summer tour. Okay. Um, and then I'm just my goal is just to play Winnipeg as much as I possibly can between now and when that tour would happen. Um, and I was talking with one of my mentors wondering about 
oversaturation in any one area. Um, and they said, uh, you'll know when you've oversaturated something, an area, you're going to play shows and play shows and play shows and people are coming and people are coming all of a sudden it'll be empty. Sure. Yeah. Well, okay. There, there it is. But <laughs> that's when it happens. Yeah. 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 This mentor of mine said, you're, you're not there yet. You don't know that you don't have that knowledge yet because you haven't played enough shows in Winnipeg and around Winnipeg. So, yeah. And I guess like we said before too, that, that the, the fact that you have, uh, your genre is kind of nebulous. You can, there's so many places you can play that exactly that, that, that are just new to you and new, and you'll be new to those audiences too, right? Yeah. Another plan is just radio. I would like to know a lot more about sync licensing. Yeah. That's the, that's the huge picture. Um, but just, smaller picture just get um my songs on as many radio stations as i can um Ray, cbc radio one had been spinning my last uh single called lifeline okay um up to speed with oh i always get the i get his name wrong smalia it's Smila, yeah it's Smila. yeah um yeah he had been playing lifeline and i was so excited about that and i haven't figured out how to get in contact with him yet because I've been trying to, but uh, and I have new music out, cool. but uh, I really like to get it on CBC Radio One. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's like a, that's a that's a big platform, right? CBC, and especially a guy like that who's like a, you know a, basically a iconic Winnipeg hip hop artist. Who, yeah, you know, like it's it's cool that he. I mean, he knows what he's talking about when it comes to music, right? Because <laughs> he's been oh, involved yeah. in it so so deeply for decades now. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's cool.
So you are playing um, a show with the Village Idiots on Live at the Rosalind coming up very soon. Yes, thank you. 11th of December, we are going on at 8 p.m. sharp. Um, and just the way they're describing it to me and all the seasons I've watched and stuff, it's going to be wild. I'm, I'm really excited for that. And that, that show has taught me a lot about music and then a lot about Winnipeg music for sure. Yeah. I started following them shortly before we moved to Toronto. That would have been about three years ago and just have learned a lot about who's around and who's playing. And so when they, when they showed up at my EP release, uh, I was just stoked. And then yeah. they invited me to uh, play after they had seen music. So I'm very excited for that. 11th of December, Facebook live. Have you, uh, have you been to one of their shows before? I haven't ever been. I've watched them just yeah. online. Yeah. It's, it's fun. We did a, a few years ago when they were still fairly early in their, uh, their run of shows it must have been the first second season or first season even uh we, yeah. we did a, a, a live show uh, that became a podcast too at, at the Roslyn. Cool. it was super fun yeah it's, 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 a, it's a blast yeah yeah it seems like a wild time yeah well and it opens you up to a huge audience potentially too right because yeah. i mean no kidding. it's free people can watch from home you can get a lot of people who maybe otherwise wouldn't be able to come out to a show or wouldn't want to take a risk on an artist they're not familiar with yet right so yeah well and i was just putting a budget together for um uh, me, like live music video not not like music video where you come up with a concept yeah yeah like mime but like live video of the new songs um and what they're giving me is live video of all of the yeah, record yeah so i'm gonna get through the whole record on um on the 11th and have video of it all for everybody to see and listen to that's awesome yeah i'm very excited about that it'll be a full band too two singers keys bass drums cool and how, are you playing like i know you said you're playing the whole record but you you probably have some other stuff you're playing there as well right because it's uh it's like what an hour long show yeah um so we have i have a song that i wrote uh early november that's that went on the ep release set list and i'm excited to play there too cool. it's kind of it's a song that had been boiling for a while but i i put it out at the ep release kind of as a thank you for listening Here, here's something you haven't heard anywhere cool um, and we got a couple covers. We're going to be doing some Lucas Nelson and some Theo Katzman. Uh, yeah, it'll be a, be a blast. Well, I guess that's maybe a good a good opportunity for people to be introduced to what you do too, right? Because uh, I mean, like you're saying, you want to get known more in Winnipeg and, and get the word out, and 
get people to hear what you're all about. So that's that's yeah. perfect. And this is definitely a quick track. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. For definitely, definitely. So if people are hearing about you, you know, for the first time on this show, what's the best way to find out more about what you're doing? Obviously, that Live at the Roslyn is, is a great way because you're playing a whole set. But you know, where can they find your music? Where can they find out about future show dates and things like that? Yeah. So bpostmusic.com, and then everything bpostmusic. Um, I I interact mostly with Instagram because uh, I think it's the strongest platform platform for musicians. Well, that's how this came about too, right? So yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So bpostmusic on Instagram, but if you're a Facebooker, it's the same thing. If you're on Twitter, it's the same thing. Cool. Yeah. And then as far as actually getting getting a hold of your, your music, I'm assuming you're on all the streaming services and all that? Yeah. And yeah, anybody can listen to music online. I'll be, I'll be there. Okay. And then as far as the physical record, are those available mainly at shows, or how can people get their hands on that? You, you can purchase them through my website, bpostmusic.com forward slash show uh, store. Yeah, store. Okay. Um, or, and if, but if you're local and you want to skip the shipping, you can message me directly and e-transfer and then we can plan a meetup. Cool, cool. Has that been a, a, a successful way for you to kind of distribute the thing just by doing a, a out of your car basically, and, you know, dropping um, That's, that's tedious, but I would, I would love to sell a record and organize a meetup rather than have somebody look at at shipping and go nah yeah sure sure well because that's about that's one of the main problems with buying records especially vinyl on the internet right is that the shipping can often be kind of just way yeah, too much bump, yeah bump it up by like 33 percent totally yeah 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 okay awesome well yeah well people should check out your your website and uh you know listen to the record however they however you listen to the record and uh check out the village idiots show which is again december 11th right yep and that's uh eight o'clock 8 p.m yeah 8 p.m cool all right, well, yeah, I'm uh, glad we could make this work. It's, uh, you know, the magic of technology, being able to, to do a conversation yeah. over the phone. Um, if people want to hear more episodes of this show, you can go to witchpolice.com. All, at this point, it'll be 440-something episodes, I think, are there for free download and streaming. You can also tune in on uh, Sundays at midnight on 101.5 UMFM. And those are older episodes that get a bit of a second boost uh, a few months after they come out in podcast form. So, you know, by that point, the Village Idiots thing will be over, but the good thing about that is you can still watch it anytime really because oh, they, they keep it online right so and by then you might have some new shows coming up and stuff too so it's always a kind of a cool bonus to have that extra episode yeah right on man yeah thanks uh, glad we could do this thanks so much for reaching out yeah thanks a lot I am strange I am out of place there's a lot of change